I mean, you mentioned it. it it's about fulfilling the will of God and and obeying it and doing doing right. what it says. That mm-hmm. that brings purpose, whether you're a plumber mm-hmm. or a pastor. Right. You can mm-hmm. you can fulfill your purpose, have a purpose in life. All right, it is uh, Monday. Uh, I'm not. I don't. Maybe I shouldn't say the day. I, I get. I'm not a very good host because <laughs> I think, what if I? What if someone's listening to this a long time? Does it, it doesn't really matter the date, does it? No, not really. No. <laughs> but it is. Uh, it is mid-April already. Now you said you guys had the fans out all all year long. Right? All year long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was real, Jessa wanted to get the fans out, and I was real close because it was it was like almost eighty degrees uh-huh. yesterday, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but you never know. Still, you might have a you might have a cold snap. Still, but you like the uh, cold air. Yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah. 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 Especially when sleeping. It <laughs> did you did you uh, did you feel for Jim Elliott sleeping under the mosquito nets? Oh, then? Oh wow! <laughs> just I couldn't even imagine it. You know, I mean, <laughs> he he just that one statement where he says, I, you know, I don't think he was hardly wearing anything. He said he just had the mosquito net on. He still was sweating all night. Hmm. Mm. Those kind of missionary stories, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure there are still missionaries that are enduring that type of real rugged lifestyle, but, you know, um, I mean, and I appreciate our missionaries, Joel and Sarah, to sure, me and Myra, of course, they're not mm-hmm. there now because of the coup, but, I mean, they're living in a home, and, mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's not luxury by any means, but, again, they're not sleeping under, right. uh, in, a, mm-hmm. in a jungle. I, I, I just have a, a real... A real uh, admiration for that mm-hmm. level of commitment, don't you? It's, oh wow, uh, it, it, it's somewhat convicting to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, you know, I'm sleeping in a bed every night. Sure, and, <laughs> and and maybe that's why people, you know, are so uh, they they don't want to go into missions because the creature comforts are so right. important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, not to this guy, you know. Wow, crazy, uh, just just amazing. I mean. I think about the food that they ate, yeah. you know, uh, just, you know, and I know how funny I am about certain foods and textures and yeah. things of that nature. And he says, well, today we had uh, protein because we had t- a taper shoulder. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I was I, I was li- I was listening to it with Judah in the car on, on an audio book. And it said he said we had ants. Yeah. We ate ants. <laughs> wow. The the we're into the portion of his life now where he has discerned it's the Lord's will to go to Ecuador, mm. and he spent a lot mm. of time looking for a friend and found right. this gentleman Pete to go with him, and mm-hmm. he's eventually going to meet with the other men too, um, who are all desperate to take the gospel um, mm. to the lost. He gets on his ship, I believe, it was in California, yes, and. Uh, you know, like a I, tramp steamer or something yeah. of that and nature. With eight or yeah. eight or nine people on the boat. Yeah. Just amazing. And and I I know he was filled with joy because for years that's mm-hmm. what he just wanted mm-hmm. to do. And he talked about and, and our theme for, for this lesson, Derek, is having a purpose in life. And he even made a quote on that ship. 
um, about the, the other people on the boat. Um, let me find it real quick. I, I don't like to read a lot on our, on our shows here, but um, as, he's, as he's journeying on this boat and uh, captain is playing cards, etc., and he says this, he says, it is strange that the other passengers get bored while we hardly have enough time to get what we want done. Hmm. Thank God for purpose in life. So many purposes come into existence when one works the will of God. There is no excuse for laziness or wasted time. So he's looking at these other people and almost having pity on them because they seem to have no purpose. And the interesting thing is that their purpose was completely selfish. It was... was, uh, directed towards them, and the reason why Jim and the others were so busy is that their purpose was for others, mm. and their purpose was yeah. When your purpose is for others, it's never ending, right? And and you have an eternal view, and it's mm-hmm. like um, we've talked recently about time wasters, and sure. uh, you know, television and internet can become huge time wasters. I was challenged. We were talking about it in a break, uh, about reading the Bible more and um, how much time in general mm-hmm. I just waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I want to have, have a purposeful life and, mm-hmm. and a, a meaningful life. And he, he uh, I, I would read a, a scripture, but I'll, I'll save that for a little bit. Let me ask you this question then. Okay, so I would think most people want a purposeful life. They, they, right. You know, but they, they're... Mm-hmm. I guess they're going after the wrong purposes because uh, for many uh, who are my age or younger, it's like I just want to get to the point where I can retire and do nothing. Right, right. You know, I want right. to be able to save up enough in the bank so that then I can enjoy mm-hmm. my golden years or whatever. So just to get us started, um, for a believer... Again, I, I want to make this caveat, Derek, because we don't talk about this beforehand, and I right. just throw out these questions, okay. uh, and it doesn't give you a lot of time to think, so you're just being spontaneous. What is a purposeful life for a believer? What, 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 for a believer, say, I want to have a purposeful life, well, what does that look like in a believer's life? Okay, well, first of all, uh, that falls under the heading of having an eternal perspective, uh, meaning that we don't have a, uh, a, a here-and-now mentality that... Uh, all that we do and all that we expose ourselves to is just for this moment. Uh, and, it, and it is such a brief moment. Uh, but uh, we want to be able to carry what we're doing now into eternity. And so I think a purpose-filled life is any life to where Christ is the center of it and the works that Christ has commanded us to do is the thing that we need to focus on. No question. Exactly right. Like, it doesn't mean full-time ministry. No. It might mean that. Right. But it doesn't have to mean that. Um, uh, To me, a purposeful life is discovering the will of God and then doing it. Mm. And most people in the... In, in the I, always, I like to divide the will of God into his revealed will and his secret will. His revealed will, of course, is found in his word where we're told what his desire is for right. us, mm-hmm. and we have the option to either do it or not do it, which you just described. 
But a lot of people are looking at the other will of God, the secret will of God, like who should I marry, what choices right. should I make, mm-hmm. and we get so caught up with that. I think focusing on His will, His revealed will, and then doing it and obeying it, then God directs our steps. Sure, sure. Uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delighteth in His way. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned it. it it's about fulfilling the will of God and and obeying it and doing doing right. what it says. That mm-hmm. that brings purpose, whether you're a plumber mm-hmm. or a pastor right you can mm-hmm. you can fulfill your purpose have a purpose in life mm-hmm. um now if the plumber is is doing his work only because when he gets to age 60 he wants to have enough money to you know that that's a wrong motivation Absolutely. just that's as motivation. just as well yeah um another aspect of this regarding um purpose in life uh there's a quote from some poet or something in the book i didn't write who it was but uh, talking about old folks, and, you, and it says this, there are old folks having done nothing that when they died, it was just as if they had never been. Wow. And that's that's a sad state of affairs. That's that's something that's uh, become a, a, a real issue to me because I am 67, and I don't want to give much away because I am going to be teaching a series, okay. a short series in Sunday school about aging and all of that. But I'll say this, I like how this one author referred to anyone over 40 is uh, in the group of the second halfers. And as a result of being a second halfer, it means that you're at least halfway there uh, as it relates to, to going to the grave. And if we were only to die and that was the end of it, that you know, then it wouldn't be an issue. But the reality is we're going to stand before a, a, a holy judge and give an account not for our sins, but the services that we rendered to him. So how do we do that now? We serve him now and not ourselves. Uh, because anything that we do in this life, particularly for ourselves, is not going to last. Yeah. You know, you, um, you're you're... You're being real transparent, like you do. Boy, I don't know how I like being referred to as a second halfer, but or a halfwayer. Yeah, second halfer. Second yeah. halfer, halfwayer. Yeah. Like, but it's it's so true. I mean, that that's sobering. Mm-hmm. It was sobering to me as, and it is sobering to me as I prepare for this series. So, what mark is going to be left if I'm spending two, three hours a night watching TV, or an hour mm-hmm. a night surfing the internet and not much. Yeah. So we'll get to this in just a second regarding, um, well, let, let's talk about, let, let me kind of shift the order a little bit here. Um, we, we would admit that we want a life of purpose. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, okay, what, would, would you say that Jim Elliott was a man of purpose? Oh, from, from, the, from the get-go. Uh, and I believe that purpose is not something that we generate. I believe that God plants the seed of purpose within us, but we have to fulfill that purpose. And that's exactly what Jim did from, the, from A to Z, from the beginning to the end of his life. Uh, he, uh, that, that seed of, that God planted in him for purpose was there until the moment he closed his eyes in death. Yeah. Well said. And, and it is almost... Uh, if he wouldn't have been killed, you would think his fascination was de- with mm, death was mm, like mm, mm. weird. 
I, I and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I like how she entitled the last chapter "Mission Accomplished." Yeah. And here we're talking about a man's death. Sure. But the mission was accomplished. The purpose was fulfilled. And he said earlier, he did not desire a long life, but mm, a full life. Full life, right? And, you know, here the Lord, our Lord, lived at the most, you know, thirty-five, thirty-six years. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think he was thirty-three, so mid-thirties. And he left the most lasting impact, of course, yeah. of anyone. Hmm. Jim Elliott, thirty years old, and and has a long lasting impact compared to people that live a hundred years and, and leave nothing, nothing behind for, for the Lord. Right. Exactly. They may leave behind billions in their bank account because mm-hmm. they developed Google or you know sold whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I enjoy watching the program Shark Tank just because I like mm-hmm. seeing inventions and but the but the. The people on there are money driven. That is their right, purpose. Right. They, they even say things like, "What mm-hmm. is all that matters? Money." Money, um, and and that is our society. That mm-hmm. is their purpose. It wasn't his. And I was searching in the book for why that was the case. Okay, what what? And I totally agree with what you said. And I hadn't thought about that. That God gives the purpose, and then we can either hit it or miss it. Mm-hmm. And this phrase was mentioned twice. And I hope that you caught that and can speak to it. And I want to ask you how you interpret this. It was mentioned twice that he lived his life by principle, not impulse. Mm. And I think, yeah, and that hit me hard. Yeah. Because uh, I know my own personality, I can be very impetuous, you know, to where it's it's almost like uh, moving before thinking. Uh, And I don't believe for a second that it was an impulsive thing that uh, Jim was uh, embarking upon as far as uh, his mission in Ecuador. It was definitely the principle that had been planted in him. And, and I think a principle takes longer to work out than an impulse because an impulse, you just do it, you know, with no thought or, or, or no, you know, forethought or, or planning or anything. But he lived by principle. Uh, because he planned it out in every detail, every step. Of course, he didn't do it on his own. He did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Impulse is almost driven by desire, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. okay, back in January, we talked about this a little bit. My blood was real bad, and you got to go on this diet and stop eating salt. And I've, I've done pretty well for about two months, mm-hmm. and then those Cadbury eggs came out. <laughs> And, and then now I'm driven by You're impulse. Kryptonite. And it's the same thing. Like if I go into a grocery store and I have a list, okay, I've got to buy spinach, I got to buy milk, I got to buy bread. But then I get to the counter and there's mm-hmm. those dumb Cadbury eggs there. Yes. I'm yes. and all of a sudden I'm acting by impulse rather than principle, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. silly. But I think if believers, I almost feel like writing this phrase and hanging it somewhere in my office: principle, not impulse. Like mm-hmm. let me live my life by a set of guidelines right. or what we say doctrines that I hold to rather than my desires. Right. And and that was mentioned twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right about that, that he, I don't think he had a death wish. No. Right. That wasn't his all. impulse, but, no. but he was willing to do mm-hmm. that if mm-hmm. necessary. And that was the principle there. And the principle from scripture is this, truly I say to you, there is no one who have left house or brothers or sister or mother or father or children's or lands for my sake and the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. Mm-hmm. Making mm-hmm. that sort of investment, right? go right. back to his quote, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That was the principle that drove right. his life. Right. Even when it came to 
his relationship with mm-hmm. Elizabeth Elliot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could see that his impulse and desire was oh, yeah. for her. Mm-hmm. Yet, by principle, he he thought he even believed this that unreached people are best reached by unattached yes. men. Yes. Um, he was more interested in pursuing the glory of God even than his own desires. So I think that principles over impulse is an important thing to to emphasize. Um, there's so much I kind of want to talk about. Um, the uh, he he noted things like he was insufficient for the work, uh, especially mm. for reaching the mm. Akas, who mm-hmm. now they're beginning to be introduced as this savage group that slaughters not only mm-hmm. the whites, but mm-hmm. also other Indian tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, he noted that he was not just... I, th- I think this is important, too, for people who are serving the Lord, that he was also focused on what God was doing in his life, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. God was continually doing a work in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, again, people don't just wake up, go out the door, and die on a sandy beach. That's right. Um, in, in a... In, in, in Ecuador, he, he's just walking out and observing nature. And again, this is before he's married, and he just says, God, I give my life to you again Amen. today. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a dying daily mm-hmm. unto the may, Lord. May I give Please. An, a brief illustration on this very thing? I remember when I first accepted Christ, and then there was a young man that accepted Christ with me. Well, immediately after getting saved, or at least at that time we thought that he had accepted the Lord, he decided to go on a missions trip, not prepared, not uh, in, in any way. He wasn't even uh, grounded in, in his faith. He went on this uh, missionary journey over in, in, in South America somewhere, and it was only for a few months. He came back and literally hated God to the point of saying, I don't want anything else to do with him. He didn't, it didn't pan out. He didn't give me what I thought I should have had over there. And to this day, I don't believe that this man is, is with the Lord. Wow. So the bottom line is, is it was all impulse there. Yeah. No principle whatsoever. And almost sounds like an ignoring of God's working in your own life. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Um, so I would say that the opposite of purpose in life and, and getting to the end of your life and saying, man, I lived a life of purpose. I, I, I obeyed God's will and brought him glory is a wasted life. Mm-hmm. And I point us to a, I, I, I printed off a little seven minute snippet of part of a John Piper sermon, which I think all of us would do good to go online. You can go on YouTube and find it. Um, Don't waste your life. He wrote a book called Don't Waste Your Life. And the seven minutes are all about making your life count. Mm -hmm. And he talks to the crowd, and I won't read the whole seven-minute thing. You can go listen to it. But he, he talks about what we're saying. He says, a lot of you don't care whether you make a lasting difference. You just want a good job, a good wife, a couple kids, long weekends, fun retirement, quick death, no hell. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. Christians want. Yes. I want kids, a house, two cars, a garage, no hell. And they've adopted that from the world because that is not scriptural. He then mentions these two missionary women who were killed in Cameroon, um, both 80 years old. They were driving a car and they were killed instantly. And he asked, is that a tragedy? Um even though they were driven by purpose, mm-hmm. they lived their lives in un- unheralded service. No one mm-hmm. wrote a book about these two women. Right. 
but they served the Lord, the poor, the sick, the unreached, and uh, instead of throwing their lives away in Florida. And then he, then he reads this from Reader's Digest, and I think this is why the sermon packed such a punch, comparing the two ladies that were killed to this. He says, that wasn't a tragedy. I tell you what a tragedy is, reading from the Reader's Digest. Bob and Penny took early retirement for their jobs five years ago Hmm. when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler playing softball and collecting shells. That is a tragedy. Hmm. People are spending billions of dollars to persuade you to pursue that dream. And I get 40 minutes in this sermon to plead with you, don't buy it. Don't buy the American dream. Mm-hmm. A nice house, nice car, nice job, nice family, nice retirement. Collecting shells as the last chapter before you stand before the creator of the universe to mm-hmm. give an account of what you did. Here it is, Lord, my shell collection. Wow. And I have a nice swing and look at my boat. Mm, how sobering that is. And I was just thinking, that's one of the books that I'm using for that series. Okay. That I'll tell you about. Have you read that before? Uh, I have not, never oh. read it, but I do have it. Uh, but what I see in that is the things that they were uh, busying themselves with were things that were had no redemptive value and no eternal value. And there's nothing wrong with taking a vacation or walking on the beach or doing those sort of things, but when your life is driven by that sort of pleasure, and mm-hmm. that is the height of it, right? right. None of us are going to 365 days a year, you know, going to you know, the, the public mission and, you know, but I think the, the balance is like most of us are, we do kind of wish for a nice, easy life, Mm -hmm. die in our sleep Mm -hmm. and avoid hell. Right. And living that kind of life leaves no mark on eternity. Live our life for purpose. Finish us off. I think about uh, individuals who will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And the older I get, the more sobering that becomes. And sometimes it even creates a little fear in me. Uh, because of the fact that you have those individuals that say when they get to the uh, great white, I'm not the great white throne, excuse me, but the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, that they don't care if they receive any rewards. Just They just say, hey, as long as I make it to heaven, that's all that matters. That's a horrible way of looking at things right. because you're not going to feel that way when those piercing eyes look at you and ask you, what did you do with the life that I gave you for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years? And all you can say is, I have my salvation. Because that was a gift. Sure. Yeah, what a what a challenge. And uh, we'll talk more about it next time and, and in the next two lessons we have. Uh, but a real rebuke. Hmm. Don't waste your life. Right. Live Amen. a life of purpose and meaning that when the day comes that God calls us home, Man, I think of the minutes and hours wow. that I waste wow. and uh, wow. time to make some changes there. Amen. All right. We'll leave it at that for today. And uh, Lord willing, we will talk to you again on Wednesday. <laughs>